0: This week, we have Tosh joining us to talk about Satanism and Amelia, of course. Yeah.
1: Hello, hello.
0: Okay. So this was a topic I feel like we could have branched out in like several different ways. Um, But for my research, I just kind of kept it a little bit broad and, you know, got some tidbits here and there as I do. And so to start us off, I'll give the wiki definition, which is Satanism is a philosophical belief based on Satan. Contemporary religious practice began with the Atheist Church of Satan in America in 1966. So honestly, not like super long ago as far as like time goes. Yeah, not Catholicism long ago. (laughs) No. No, but still um, that's kind of where it all started though. Like, so from everything I read, essentially the whole idea of Satanism at its root was basically what the Catholic or Christian churches would do to like other groups of people or to like other individuals. So it was a way to like separate people and make sure they knew like, Well, that group of people is bad and we don't talk to them like they're Satanists. They are, you know, going to eat people or whatever the fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, when people aren't doing what you want them to do, it's just in the human's nature to say they're bad and accuse them of doing bad things Mm -hmm. that they're not actually doing. Um, anyway, so yeah, that doesn't really surprise anyone, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> and a lot of it has um roots to the Bible as you may have guessed. And the word Satan wasn't actually like a person. Until further down the line in, like, the church's history. Because what happened is, in terms of etymology, is they... Um, um, but basically, Satan wasn't always, like, a proper noun, like, a name of a person. It was used as, like, a just a normal noun that meant adversary. And, like, as time went on... And as, like, the New Testament was being written and stuff of that nature, people had kind of gotten in the habit of calling Satan – um, or, sorry, calling the, the angel that fell from heaven or, like, that defied God Satan, like, and that just ended up being his name. Um, yeah, so that's – I thought the etymology was really cool because when I saw, like, an etymology section on – Wikipedia I was like I mean I think I know what the I think I know what Satanism means it's you know it's a religion about Satan I don't know what else you're gonna tell me um but it was kind of cool to find out like how the word Satan got adopted from being just like a normal vocab word noun to being like the actual fallen angel um so that's the etymology of it Mm, Yeah, that's about it for, like, my tidbits, other than the fact that I also wanted to look into, like, I, so for Satanism, I thought it was, like, a way older religion that was, like, a lot more set up, but it is newer, so it, a lot of it started, like, post-1960s, and, um... There are two main branches. There's a theistic branch in which Satan is like a supernatural deity and is kind of viewed as like the patriarch of the religion, but then there's another branch and that's the atheistic one. Um, And Satan is more of like a symbol of like certain human behaviors and stuff of that nature and kind of just like basically everything Natasha is going to end up talking about here. Um
1: yeah, that's, so, that's what I've gleaned so far from uh, looking into this. It's like more so like a direct reaction to like the traditional religions of like Catholicism and Christianity and just the, the symbolic uh, like interpretation of like Satan embodying all of like the sins of man and things like that. So mm-hmm. they put a name on it to kind of like almost slap the face of a traditional religion
0: that makes so much sense i love it too because they're like okay you just want to like make us seem like we're awful fucking people and like because we don't like fit into like your religion or follow your rules we're gonna go make our own and it's gonna be all about how humans have like free will and thought and that like there's more to life than just making people feel shitty because they don't want to do what you want them to do (laughs) Um wow, I'm so concise. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so those are like the two main branches, but once the internet became a thing, um it kind of spread from being mostly an American thing to like a a whole global phenomena um or phenomenon, however you want to say it. <laughs> um yeah, so people just like really started connecting over it and I think it's because I think when you, like, kind of outcast groups of people, they end up finding each other and, like, making something different out of their experience. I don't know. No, I think I get what you're saying. I was watching
2: a – I was re-watching a documentary on Hulu called Hail Satan with a question mark at the end, and one of the – I don't know her title exactly, but um, she heads up, I think, a branch of the Satanic Temple in Detroit. And she was saying pretty much, like, if you are a feminist, you're a Satanist. If you are someone who, like, just opposes, like, the the tyranny of, like, the American government. If you're an activist, like, you're a Satanist. Mm -hmm. Pretty much, like, everything to do with Satanism in its present form is... Just saying fuck you to the man, but like in a really specific and like productive manner.
0: (laughs) That's kind of cool. I want to watch that now. It's really good. Yeah.
1: I haven't heard of that or saw that, so it's definitely going on my list.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Because that's really what it is. I mean, you can belittle people and you can like make them feel stupid for wanting to kind of forge their own path but they're just going to end up finding more people like them and Mm -hmm. like.
2: Cause it's man's nature. Like it's literally, I think like, I don't, I find that some of the most religious people I've met that like are practicing in any religion, like in a really consistent way, like they're constantly trying to like force their head back in that direction and like stick with it, which I get like, as with any ritual, that's what you have to do is like be intentional about it. But God, I haven't seen as much judgment from anybody like that's not religious. I've just the most judgment I've ever seen is people from from people who like swear by their religion and they're like absolute whoever they pray to, whatever. They're just really judgmental like, there's of anyone. No
0: for anything else. Yeah,
2: like their shit don't stink kind of a thing. And it's like we're all humans and we all Yeah do weird stuff that doesn't abide by that book, that random book or whatever. Mm-hmm. So You're human. I don't know.
0: (laughs) That I'm pretty sure was just supposed to be, like, somewhat of a moral compass. Yeah.
1: We love allegory.
0: might help you out. (laughs) Right? Like, as you navigate your life as a human, because it's not easy. (laughs) Oh. Um, Yeah, so those were, like, some of the tidbits I got. Um, And then... Of course I'm sure people have heard the phrase like satanic panic so through like the 60s the 60s through the 1990s satanism and like satanic symbolism was very popular and I think honestly still is popular with like metal and rock music and so like when that first started being a thing the parents in like that time frame like would freak out about their kids like listening to like I don't fuck like Slayer or some shit, and so that was like a whole thing. And then my like the meat of what I wanted to find out for my research is why, why is there so much about goats? (laughs) Like
1: Black Philip.
0: Black (laughs) Black Philip, come on back. He sealed the deal for me. I was like, what is with this? Like, why do people always associate goats with like? satanism or whatever um and turns out it's not as big of a thing as I like actually thought it was
1: (laughs) interesting like
0: I was convinced it was more common but I guess it's not oh me too I feel
1: like every time you hear about like satan in person he has like the body of a man but like the feet of a goat and like the hooves and like all of that and like yeah like the symbolism of like the the pentagram and the goat head in in it and all of that like I feel like it's when yeah. people think of like satanism they probably think of like the pentagrams and goats and for stuff for sure I, I always know.
0: thought it was
2: because their pupils were weird
0: that came up in my search too <laughs> okay. that was like I, I think it was like a reddit thread that I read and it was like I don't know, man. Like, maybe it's just because goats kind of, like, embody, like, the main points of what you think of when you think of Satan. Like, they have, like, the horns. Their eyes are real weird, like. And I was like, all right, valid point. They got a real um, fuck you attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Reddit, for fulfilling all of my research needs. Um, But I think you're right, Tosh, also. So... The character you described is something that I found in my research. It's called the. I'm not going to pronounce this right. The, baphomet or, is that how you say it? Yeah, baphomet. I think so. Okay, um, which is the the guy, the dude <laughs> with the goat head and the man's body and all that good stuff. Um, <laughs> but like I couldn't find anywhere like why like why was that what was chosen other than like some artist a really fucking long time ago was like this is satan (laughs) and it just stuck i I
1: mean art history is weird like that sometimes so (laughs) (laughs) i could see that
0: um so i did find that but um also what's funny is another article i read was literally like my question but it was because they had watched the witch and so they did, like, an interview with the director of the movie to be, like... Oh, so jealous. Why are goats a thing? Like... And he was, like, yeah, I mean, I don't really know why. It just, you know... I just wrote an iconic character that
2: will be quoted <laughs> forever and always. I want to live deliciously, damn it. Come on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, so I guess, like, for the... Sh- the sorry, not the show. The movie he had like poured through a bunch of like original documentation from that time. And like, there's really no mention of goats or anything like that. And so the woman who wrote the article was also inclined to reach out to like people who are like more experts in this field. And so she talked to this woman, Mary Beth Norton from Cornell who said there's no mentions of goats in any records from like salem mass or really anywhere else in america regarding witchcraft at that time like witchcraft documents really didn't say anything about goats um but what he did find or what the article found i forget but basically over in like england in those areas goats are really prominent in witchcraft stories and as i feel like we've been kind of finding out this season like witchcraft and like the like demons and vampirism are all very tightly tied together because i mean (laughs) the the way the person described it was that a lot of the imagery that you see depicting witches is them like riding goats to go to their meetings where they like pay like homage to like Satan or whatever because they're like, can they not afford horses? Like what the fuck are they
2: minis? Are they are witches all tiny? Is that part of the requisites? Like, like it, it, I mean,
0: it, it's gotta be at that point if they're riding goats, like that can't be comfy. <laughs> Could you imagine my else?
2: ass on a fucking goat?
0: <laughs> or mine or the anybody, struggle. any adult human, yeah. That, like, it's bad enough thinking about like a child riding on a goat because goats are so tiny. Right. Oh, my God. But yeah, there were like, so it, there was, there's this like famous painting. It's called The Witches' Sabbath. And it's basically just witches riding goats. And that's like the whole story to the painting is like they're riding goats to go like Hail saying and whatever. <laughs> That's dope. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's a little bit more common in England, and it has a lot more to do with, like, witchcraft and stuff. Um, there's also reference in, like, Greek mythology, um, Pan. The...
1: Pan. I don't know what
0: Pan is, is.
1: Well, if you've seen Hereditary. I haven't yet, no. Oh. Have I'm you seen it, Amelia? Her
2: face. Yeah. Uh, that movie fucked with me hard, and... Well, that was my introduction to Pan. I, I don't even know. I don't remember that being. It's the very very end. Oh yeah, I still so didn't I was do like, any research into it. I just huh. like was like, oh, that's what it is. Got it. I didn't. Okay, bye. I'm never watching this again. <laughs> yeah, that movie made me so deeply uncomfortable. I won't spoil anything for you, Sam, because I do think, or listeners, because I think it is worth watching and like experiencing. Because
1: it is. Tony I just watch. It's
2: just <sighs> always. But, um, oh, another, okay, point number one I was going to make was there's a scene where a character in the movie is quietly hiding in a high-pitched ceiling of one of the rooms and then, like, creepily, like, crawls, like, air float crawls. Makes me really uncomfortable, but it's really impressively done. And the second was that the girl that plays the little sister in that movie, I recently stumbled upon her TikTok page and is like, like she posts about, she's like, she's like goth and she's like, people don't want me for movies because I don't actually look like this. Like, what the fuck? Oh my God. <laughs> and I feel so bad for her because she's such a pretty little lady. Like, damn it. She should get more jo- more jobs.
0: <laughs> oh my God. That's well- like- tiktok sound that's going on right now it sounds like it's like originally from like something like south park and it's like oh that little kid is like hardcore goth oh. <laughs> have you heard that one i think i have <laughs> no. yeah and it's like and i will watch the crimson blood leak from your <laughs> neck and then it's like whoa, that little kid is like Hardcore goth. <laughs> I don't know what it's from, but
2: it does sound like a South Park thing, and I love that Doesn't sound it? on TikTok. Yes.
0: <laughs> I feel like now I have to see, I have to go find her TikTok now because I like bet you anything she's used that sound. I bet. Mm-hmm. At <laughs>
1: the very least, let's hope she's getting TikTok famous because if you can't get roles in movies, uh Lord knows you can make money through that platform.
0: Oh, <laughs> Next best <absolutely>. thing. <laughs> like, it's unreal, honestly. Um But, yeah, that's pretty much how goats tie into it. The other thing I found was um, it, like, it's a metaphor from the Bible. And, like, I don't know because I've never read the Bible. But, um, so, it's kind of the idea of, like, okay, so, like, God is a shepherd, right? And sheep are, like, really docile and, like, easy to – to lead and loyal and everything, but goats are not. They're difficult and they're, like, disobedient and stuff like that. And so I think there's, like, an actual verse about it from what I saw, but basically I think that's kind of the root of all of it is, like, oh, people who don't follow along, um, like, with my religion or believe in, like, my God or whatever, like, they're they're goats. Like, they're not loyal and they're not, um, you know – easy to follow along they like forge their own path and right stubborn as a goat like that saying yeah yeah so it all just comes full circle you know like you do I I guess (laughs) yeah so those are all my little tidbits um yeah like I said I went back to school this week so I was uh (laughs) I was being a little bit of a slacker you're toaster
2: strudled man and I yep. don't even have a good excuse like that. I've just been working my normal job, and it is, for some reason, energetically very draining. Very tired. No.
0: But your job like sucks.
2: <laughs> it's all right.
0: <laughs> like I could never do your job. I love my job. I I'm could just never like... do your job. No man. Oh, mom. it's it's so funny. Mm-mm. You just can't like take the kids seriously. That's,
2: the that's hard for me. I have a very hard time understanding that. Younger people and children don't have the same capabilities to rationalize. (laughs) They do not. (laughs) when they act crazy, I'm like, what is wrong with you? This is not normal.
0: (laughs) My favorite thing that I've been doing lately with them is, like, they'll, like, say something crazy to me or, like, start having, like, I don't know, they'll start going off about something and then they'll, like, stop talking because I, like, haven't answered them yet. And I just go, I love that for you. (laughs) And they're like, what? (laughs) Thanks.
2: (laughs) Oh my God, that's amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, work, man. But let's get back to the real fun part of our conversation, which is that Tosh bought the Satanic Bible. Yes, she committed. She's still here with
1: us. I did.
0: First in flames.
1: I definitely debated it for uh, a hot. Two days (laughs) and was like, you know, it's $9.99. It's like mass produced paperback. I won't buy it used because, you know, I still got that superstition about me. But uh, I'll buy it new and I'll just take a peek. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing my wife asked, um, you didn't buy a used copy, did you? I'm like, no.
0: I feel like that's definitely, like, in, like, middle school, something I would be like, yeah, I'll buy the satanic Bible and then be like, no, actually, I don't want to die and go to hell. (laughs) For real. (laughs)
1: Like, But it just goes to show, like, the uh, impact that, like, traditional religion and all of that has on us, even if you aren't religious yourself in 2021. It's like, oh, even myself, I'm like, do I want to buy a book called the satanic bible i haven't even read the regular bible but am i going to read this one but i started reading it and honestly it's not bad at all it's actually a very entertaining read um and i gotta give a shout out to some people on the amazon reviews because they were the ones who were like you will not burst into flames (laughs) i promise (laughs) This is actually like really interesting and uh very interesting like uh, discourse on like this person's particular view on religion and why he founded the church of satan and all of that so i was like all right fine i'll buy it but uh granted i didn't get through all of it but i got through a good chunk of it it and, looks like you did yeah yeah i got some some good stuff in here um
0: i love a sticky noted book
1: yeah, I can't take, I can't commit to the highlighting in the direct book, but uh, <laughs> sticky damn. notes is where it's at. Um, the first thing I noticed about it was that it is broken down into four different um, sections, which are elemental. Which I love the elements and work with yeah, the elements yeah. all the time in my own stuff. So it's like fire, air, earth, and water. Um, which I was like, okay. Um, the introduction i really appreciated uh or the preface by um a different person who actually was like the high priest of the church of satan at this point in time um like actually handed off by anton uh Xandor who is the founder of the church of satan and who wrote the satanic bible um but he's they're, they're very like forthcoming in the very beginning like you can read this and, you know, if you find that it like mirrors your reality, like that's really cool. Like you may be a Satanist, but like if there's things you don't agree with, like Satanism isn't for you and you're free to go on and find out what works for you and all of that. So I'm like, wow, at the very beginning, that's so nice <laughs> <It> <laughs> um, of them. Um But this guy who wrote it, so Anton LaVey, I got to start with a little bit about what I found out about him. Um, He was somebody that, he was born in like 1930, I believe, in Chicago. And then he moved to California with his family. Um, At the age of 16, he ended up dropping out of school and he ended up joining like carnivals, and whatnot. And he started as like a cage boy, but then he progressed to the spot of like a musician and he played like the organ and stuff like that. So he would play the organ for like shows and whatnot at night for the carnival. But then in the daytime, he would also play organ music for like the, like church meetings on like a Sunday morning on the other side of the tent. So the direct quote from him is like on Saturday night, I would see men lusting after half naked girls dancing at the carnival. And on Sunday morning, when I was playing the organ for the tent show evangelists at the other end of the carnival lot, I would see these same men sitting in the pews with their wives and children asking God to forgive them and purge them of their carnal desires. And the next Saturday night, they'd be back at the carnival Or some other place of indulgence i knew then that the christian church thrives on hypocrisy and that men's carnal nature will out
0: damn that's fucking great that's pretty on the nose (laughs) i mean
1: right so the whole thing is like hypocrisy with religion and his direct reaction to it. So he started like these Friday night lectures and talks about like occult studies and things like that. Uh, He basically developed a little magic circle. And at one point, one of his members was like, you basically have the basis for a new religion. Like if you do this, then you could reach so many more people and like spread these ideas. And he agreed and decided to found the Church of Satan um, in 1966, so uh, he said that in 1966, six, 66, that that would be year one or anno Satanus, a.k.a. the first year of the age of Satan. Okay. Um, so he wrote this Satanic Bible in 69, not long after that.
0: Oh, we are not wasting any time.
1: Not at all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sixty-nine.
0: Love that forum.
1: (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it kind of just blew up from there. Uh, Hence the Satanic Panic from 60s to 90s. I feel like it was really, like, the fire was lit by this guy, Anton. Um, But the book uh, I was reading is just it's very interesting because at first I would, I I guess we all have our own like ideas of what Satanism is and is not just based off of media and apparently like religious, like ideals that have snuck our, their way into our brains. But, um, there is a part where it's the nine satanic statements and I'm going to read it because I think that this is a great, um, like overview of what the whole religion is about. So it's not like commandments or anything like that. It's just like statements about what the religion is. So one is Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. Two, Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. Three, Satan represents undefiled wisdom instead of hypocrisy hypocritical self-deceit
0: mm-hmm.
1: 4 satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates 5 satan represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek we stand <laughs> what <laughs> satan represents responsibility to the responsible instead of concern for psychic vampires 7 say see, see, psychic vampires is like a term thrown around in like metaphysical communities of like those who like uh, i don't have like that actual definition on the tip here of my tongue but it was like people who like just kind of like psychically like abuse you and like kind of push their own kind of like manipulators
0: okay they like drain your energy it, and, exactly like, you and shit
1: that's my understanding of it at least so Represents responsibility to the responsible instead of concern for psychic vampires. Seven is, Satan represents man just as another animal, sometimes better, more often worse than those that walk on all fours, who, because of his, quote, divine spiritual and intellectual development, unquote, has become the most vicious animal of all. Eight, Satan represents all of the so-called sins as they all lead to physical, mental, and emotional gratification. And nine, Satan has been the best friend of the church that the church has ever had, as he has kept it in business all these years.
0: Yeah, oh. man. He's a business plan as a man. <laughs> this dude really was like, Let me stun him on the last one.
2: Yes. Also, I did Google psychic vampires. It's exactly what you said, Tosh. People that just drain the life force out of other people. As I was typing in psychic vampires, what was interesting is it was auto filling to psychic vampire repellent. And I didn't Google it, but I'm wondering what the fuck that could be.
1: (laughs) I mean, let's. Salt water? (laughs) But yeah. some
0: crystals in there for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be my go to. Yeah. So it goes on to go in more, more detail about each of the nine statements. But one I did have to highlight was the one that you actually all had a visceral reaction to in a good way, which was uh, Satan represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. I,
0: no so, I don't love vengeance. Done. It's really you don't just turn the cheek. <laughs> Do something about it.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. So in his details about that, he goes, Hate your enemies with a whole heart, and if a man smite you on one cheek, smash him on the other. Smite him hip and thigh, for self preservation is the highest law. He who turns the other cheek is a cowardly dog. Give him blow for blow, scorn for scorn, doom for doom, with compound interest liberally added thereunto. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, eye, fourfold, a hundredfold. Make yourself a terror, capital, to your adversary, and when he goeth his way, he will possess much additional wisdom to ruminate over. Thus shall make yourself respected in all the walks of life, and your spirit, your immortal spirit, shall live, not in the intangible paradise, but in the brains and sinews of those who respect you have gained.
0: Oh, shit right wow That's I feel like I have a awesome. lot of feelings and thoughts about that
1: that was like a really intense piece that I was just like whoa whoa because like, like
0: if you give the wrong people the license to uh, do that mm-hmm. that shit gets scary real quick but then like on the flip side is like I just think about like all the social issue uh, social justice issues going on right now and like you can't just sit by and watch it all happen because, like, that just makes you a bystander of fucking horrible shit. Yeah. So, like, you need to do something, but, like, also, I don't know. If I'm no, gonna- I totally
1: get but that it. because it's like, it's like, this is, like, he's very eccentric. He's very dramatic uh, in reading all of this. It's really? Very, <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. So I could totally see this falling into the wrong hands and then people, like, like just grasping onto these, like, pieces. But there's so much more to it than that, that I was like, okay, like, it's ups and downs, I think, reading through this, like, with the level of, like, I don't know, weirdness, violence, and craziness that could occur. Yeah. But, like, to just go off that point of, like, it like brinking on the point of violence that's like not good there was another part uh, another quote that i had um just highlighted and it does say like satanism represents a form of controlled selfishness this idea does not mean that you never do anything for anyone else if you do something to make someone for whom you care happy his happiness will give you a sense of gratification satanism advocates practicing a modified form of the golden rule our interpretation of this rule is do unto others as they do unto you because if you do unto others as you would have them do unto you and they in turn treat you badly it goes against human nature to continue to treat them with consideration you should do unto others as you would have them do unto you but if your courtesy is not returned They should be treated with the wrath they deserve.
2: Oh, I feel like I need to like write that out and like put it on my forehead because (laughs) of societal conditioning to just be a people pleaser and like people don't treat you with respect Mm -hmm. or dignity and you're supposed to just be like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. okay, Thank you.
0: (laughs) Things must be really hard for you right now. I'll just deal with this. Yeah. (laughs) Even though things are really hard for me right now too. Exactly.
1: Right. So, like, obviously those statements are just statements, but then he goes on to, like, explain further, like, what those statements actually mean. And in a lot of ways, it does make sense, but this is definitely, like, a sensationalized version of of these ideals. Um, And again, it all comes back to, I think, like, the contradictions in like Christian scripture and things like that, that he's directly reacting to. Like this is 1969, like the fifties just happened. Like the whole, everything leading up to this has been so controlled Um, for hundreds of years. It's like a breaking out point. And that's how I'm viewing it at least
0: kind of diving into this for the first time. That makes a lot of sense though, when you put it that way.
1: Um, yeah, so I mean, make, it makes sense that a lot of people who were like rejecting religion at this time, especially in like the 60s and 70s, kind of grasped onto this and, um, you know, kind of went with it. But in in that point, there was a quote that reminded me of Amelia, just because I thought it was hilarious. And I thought <laughs> she would think it's funny, too. Um, but to give it some context, I'm going to start a little bit up. So it says, with all the contradictions in the Christian scriptures, many people currently cannot rationally accept Christianity the way it has been practiced in the past. Great numbers of people are beginning to doubt the existence of God in the established Christian sense of the word. So they have taken to calling themselves Christian atheists. True, the Christian Bible is a mass of contradictions, but what could be more contradictory than the term Christian atheist? If prominent leaders of the Christian faith are rejecting the past interpretation of God, how can their followers be expected to adhere to a previous religious tradition? With all the debates about whether or not God is dead, if he isn't, he had better have Medicare. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how a chapter ends. And I was like, he had better have Medicare.
2: (laughs) Mic drop. Yes. Oh my God. That's so good. Wow. Well, wow. did you thought of me when you read that? Cause yes, <laughs> I did.
1: I literally did. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, another part that I thought was funny, um, was since man's natural instincts lead him to sin, all men are sinners. All sinners go to hell. If everyone goes to hell, then you will meet all of your friends there. Heaven must be populated with some rather strange creatures if all they lived for was to go to a place where they can strum harps for eternity.
2: Also, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. Like, I'm stuck living among, like, nimbus and cumulus clouds. It's... There's, like, only people here that are good, so if I make an off-color joke or, like, a dark comment, people are going to look at me sideways because I'm in heaven. Oh, and I have to play a fucking instrument that would tear apart my fingers? if I played it for eternity, like, no, thanks.
1: No, thanks.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right.
1: Um, and then I was curious about like a couple things that I guess are just kind of, I don't know if they're myths or I didn't know if they were myths or not, but just kind of like the mainstream view of Satanism, like, Oh, they probably like have all these orgies and like sacrifice humans right? Right. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, that's um, what, I've, that's what we've been told forever and ever. Yep. And that's definitely like in the media and all of that. Um, so on the topic of satanic sex, he says, it is often assumed that sexual activity is the most important factor of the satanic religion and that willingness to participate in sex orgies is a prerequisite for becoming a satanist. Nothing could be farther from the truth. In fact, Opportunists who have no deeper interest in Satanism than merely its sexual aspects are empathetically discouraged. Satanism does advocate, advocate for sexual freedom, but only in the true sense of the word. Free love in the Satanic concept means exactly that. Freedom to either be faithful to one person or to indulge your sexual desires with as many others as you feel is necessary to satisfy your particular needs. Satanism does not encourage or orgiastic activity or extramarital affairs for those to whom they do not come naturally. For many, it would be very unnatural and detrimental to be unfaithful to their chosen mates. To others, it would be frustrating to be bound sexually to just one person. person. Each person must decide for himself what form of sexual activity best suits his individual needs.
2: To each your own. Literally like all I say to anything ever for the most part
1: yeah especially concerning this topic so i was like Mm -hmm. well i bet that you know the gays were accepted by satanists and he does go on to say satanism condones any type of sexual activity which properly satisfies your individual desires be it heterosexual homosexual bisexual or even asexual if you choose satanism also sanctions any fetish or deviation which will enhance your sex life so long as it involves no one who does not wish to be involved
0: Dude, that's and so ahead of its right, time. Yeah, I'm like, it's not even the 70s yet, and this dude is on it.
2: That's amazing. Right? In the um, Hail Satanism documentary I was watching, there. okay, so you know the Westboro Baptist Church? Mm-hmm. The main guy, Fred Phelps, was protesting something or something or one of the things they were protesting in like 2014 so the head of the satanic temple was like cool how do we fuck with fred phelps oh we fuck with his mom so they went to fred phelps's mom's grave and had a (laughs) ritual where they had a gay like two gay men like kneel on her grave and smooch and then two gay women do the same thing and they made it like a ritual to induct uh fred phelps's mother into the satanic religion in the afterlife because apparently per mormonism and specifically the sect that the westboro baptist church believes in you can be baptized and like brought into the faith post-mortem so they were like cool so if you guys can do that with to do your religion then we can do that <laughs> for our religion now your mom's a lesbian and they've said anytime that le- a lesbian gets pleasure now on earth like it'll bring fred phelps's mother pleasure in the afterlife <laughs> And I was oh like, my yeah. god. <laughs> wow. Right? And they like weren't breaking any law. Lo- like they were just they weren't like naked. Like nothing was grotesque about yeah. it. It was just like we're smooching on a on a in a cemetery like in front of this grave. It was just really funny, but yeah.
1: Right. That's even like PG, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Compared yep. to what could happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Where I thought you were going. <laughs> <No. Ugh. laughs>
0: But it literally sounds like that whole passage sounds like something that would have been written in, like, the past, like, five years. But it was written before 1970 because I think people who think rationally realize that that's just how humans work. And it doesn't have to be bad
1: yeah and if, if it does, if it, if you're not hurting anyone it's it like clearly almost says like if you're in a consenting yeah you know situation and you're both into it then whatever it is like just do it like that's human nature and i think that especially in like 69 and the early 70s like obviously people are like waking up and going to be sucked into something like this because it has right. that traditional like uh you know this is a religion but at the same time it's like the complete opposite of a religion it's just a place for those people who don't fit in to to grasp onto something to find like community in almost we like that
0: (laughs) me too it's so good that's what's really important i think is like i feel like people get led astray when they don't have a community to go to and so like if you have a religion and you're like, no, you can't be in my religion and you can't do X, Y, Z because, you know, my religion says you can't do it. And then people are like, well, I guess I'm just a fucking loser. That's when they go and do all that horrible fucking yeah. shit. Yeah. Or they find, like, other extremists like them who do horrible fucking shit. But then... You get, like, the best scenario with something like this, or it's like, no, let's just make a group of people who, like, agree that humans are humans and that, like, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, like, just do your damn thing. It's okay.
1: Agreed. Right. And so I was also probably somebody who, like, in the back of my mind was like, oh, yeah, like, blood sacrifice. That's the Satanism. For sure.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So there's a whole – chapter on that. And I was like, obviously, I got to skip ahead on the choice of human sacrifice <laughs> uh, is the chapter. <laughs> but he goes on to talk about like these so-called white magic- magicians, um, assuming that blood representing the life force, there's no better way to appease the gods or whatever than to to spill the blood or all of that. Um, and he goes on to say like that The fact of the matter is that if the, quote, magician is worthy of his name, he will be uninhibited enough to release the necessary force from his own body instead of from an unwilling and undeserving victim. Um, And he does say, like, they do not kill animals. They do not kill children um, or anything like that. The use of a, quote, human sacrifice in a satanic ritual does not imply that the sacrifice is slaughtered to appease the gods. It's more symbolic where the victim is destroyed through the working of a hex or curse, which in turn leads to the physical, mental, or emotional destruction of the quote sacrifice in ways and means not attributable to the magician. So the only time somebody would perform a human sacrifice would be if this magician or Satanist was trying to like do a curse or a hex, um, if somebody who was they busy de- deemed like deserving, um, so somebody who wronged you or hurt your family or something like that, but they wouldn't like go collect him and like God, kill him. Yeah. They would be doing a symbolic like hex or ritual against the person. Um, under no circumstances would a satanist sacrifice an animal or baby, for centuries. Propagandists of the right-hand path have been prattling over the supposed sacrifice of small children and voluptuous maidens at the hands of (laughs) diabolists. It would be thought that anyone reading or hearing of these heinous accounts would immediately question their authenticity, taking into consideration the biased sources of their stories. On the contrary, as with all holy lies, which are accepted without reservation, this assumed modus operandi of the Satanist persist to this day. Um, There are sound and logical reasons why the Satanists could not perform such sacrifices. Man, the animal, is the godhead to the Satanist. The purest form of carnal existence reposes in the bodies of animals and human children who have not grown old enough to deny themselves their natural desires. They can perceive things that the average adult human can never hope to. Therefore, the Satanist holds these beings in such sacred regard knowing he can learn much from these natural magicians of the world.
2: Oh my God, babies and animals are natural magicians of the world?
0: That's actually like super sweet. It is. <laughs> I really love that. Aww.
1: Right? So I was like kind of happy to see that, that this isn't like, you know, a how to do a human sacrifice book, right. which, you know, you could absolutely assume oh. it could be. I- Um, He does have other books that are, like, Satanistic, like, ritual books and stuff, but, like, this was his first one, and, like, obviously, like, what it's all about. Um, And I still have a lot more to go, and I'm definitely going to probably finish it. The last thing I was looking at was um, religious holidays. Ooh, let's go (laughs) do some of those. Yeah. So the highest holiday in the Satanic religion is the date of one's own
0: yeah! I love that for us. Oh my
1: god, that's so good. <laughs> right. This is, and he goes on to say, this is in direct contradiction to the holy of holy days of other religions, which uh, deify a particular god who has been created in an anthropomorphic form of their own image, thereby sh- therefore showing the ego is not really buried. The Satanist feels Why not really be honest? And if you are going to create a god in your own image, why not create that god as yourself? Every man is a god, and if he chooses to if he chooses to recognize himself as one, so the satanist celebrates his own birthday as the most important holiday of the year. After all, aren't you happier about the fact that you were born (laughs) than you are about the birth of someone you have never even met? Damn. Or for that matter, aside from religious holidays, why pay higher tribute to the birthday of a president or to a date in history than we do to the day we were brought into this greatest of all worlds?
2: Hell yeah. Damn. That's the best holiday ever. I love my birthday.
1: (laughs) Right? I feel like a lot of people do. And I think that that's like, that I think is like a great example of like what Satanism is all about. It's like really honing in on yourself, your own desires. Yeah. What you want to do, not feeling some like religious guilt or pressure from something that you don't even want to be associated with and um, just kind of claiming your own power and celebrating yourself. But the other thing was just like, it just was so different from what I thought it would be, you know, it's just like, wow, like this is actually, I can totally see this being like, again, a direct reaction to traditional religion. Um, yeah. especially with a lot of his wording and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's about just like standing up for yourself, standing up for your loved ones, um, not taking shit. And, you know,
0: basically it's like an alternative alt self-help help book.
1: <laughs> right. Literally. So find I'm, your
0: power and Satan.
1: <laughs> and call it Satan because
0: yeah, why
1: not? But I thought it was pretty cool. There's definitely a lot more in here. There is some um, uh, directions on like a typical satanic ritual um, and things like that. I only got through maybe a third of it so far, but it seems to be a pretty quick read. Um, I got it late, so I didn't get to read it all, but...
0: That's totally fine. It does Uh, sound really interesting.
1: Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is totally opposite from what I was feeling two days before I bought it. I was like, I'm going to buy a book called The Satanic Bible. I'm nervous. And then I was reading it and I was like, this guy does not make me feel nervous about this. He's just kind of throwing shit out there. And um, obviously I can see back in like, like I said, the late 60s and stuff, people were searching Mm -hmm. for somebody to stand up and speak something, you know, against Mm -hmm. that traditional view. So recommend if you're interested, I don't consider myself a Satanist or anything after reading this for sure. Um, there's definitely some things I agree with and some things I don't really agree with, but at the same time, in the beginning, he says it flat out, you know, Satanism isn't for anybody, for everyone. And if you read this and you agree with it, cool. You may be a Satanist. And if you find pieces in it that reflect you find yourself like being like a mirror too then cool you've just learned more about yourself that's
2: so dope yeah that's the thing right it's not like a religious text that you're buying it's it's really just like a here's how to idolize yourself and like work to preserve (laughs) yourself yeah and like work in your own self-interest because
0: that's all you got (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I would definitely read that and I think that I don't know I really like that it focuses on just, like, kind of almost following your gut, like, and kind of tuning out all the stuff that you've been told, like, you should do or, like, shouldn't do. So. Yeah, it's, like,
1: unconditioning, really. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, that's a really good way to put it. Because, like, as someone who did not grow up going to church or, like, with any type of religion, I still feel the effects of, like, the prominent religion – in our country obviously i mean recently is a great example because we one of our states just lost access to like abortion care right and like obviously the main reason for that is a religious agenda mm-hmm. and but like i've never practiced that religion in my life like but it's basically the only one i've ever heard of
2: right like it's the one you know the most until about i went
0: to high school and like took a sociology class or sh- something, you know, like, it was just the norm. And so I feel like I grew up with a lot of the same guilt that, like, even when you hear people talk about, like, Catholic guilt or whatever, it's oh. like, I feel like I have that even though I, like, did not grow up
1: Catholic. And, like, how messed up is that? Like, I felt the same way. Like, even deciding to purchase this book, mm-hmm. I had, like, guilt or, like, some sort of reservation around it when right. I – didn't need to just because of the title is the satanic bible and i didn't necessarily grow up super religious either like we went on like choice holidays um every once in a while for like yeah. only a handful of years right. um but it's i think it's like eye-opening to learn about our history even too you know the mm-hmm. whole satanic panic happened for a reason it was a direct result of or rejection of traditional religion and the fact that i just was like mind blown once i started reading it and i was like i can't believe i felt like i shouldn't have bought this book when i'm not even coming from that background Mm -hmm. and now i bought the book and i'm like wow guys you should read this book
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's if you think about like I don't know. I just feel like guilt and shame are so like deeply interwoven into everything to do with our society and a lot of it comes from like a religious undertide, undercurrent and yeah, unlearning some of that. The older you get, it gets easier to unlearn some of that cuz hopefully you're building your life in the way that you choose and want and all that stuff so some of the familial pressures aren't always there, which shout out to my family. They weren't particularly pressureful about the Catholicism. They let me make my choice after my first communion and I didn't get confirmed, but it's just inevitable. Like whether you practice it or not, it's, it's literally in everything in our country Mm -hmm. to be everything's Christian to some degree. So yeah. Um, getting rid of some of the shame and guilt, anything that can help do that. I'm always an advocate for Cause like Oh, yeah. If you, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like our human desires, we're not the only ones with them. Like, if you want something, guarantee you, there, or, like, have a desire for something, there's at least one other human out there that wants that, too. Right. And, like, not to say that everything humans want all the time is great or should be delivered right. upon, but um, just, like, the sexuality stuff and... Mm -hmm. how you carry yourself and how you think of yourself and just knowing that you're worthy of your own effort and attention and you don't have to be serving some higher being other than yourself and what you know to be best for you I'm like right
0: and like my thing too is like if there is a higher power don't you think they'd want to see you take care of yourself and like participate in the religion because you truly believe in it and it like brings you peace rather than, like, a bunch of guilt and fear. Like, I don't know.
2: Yeah, like, doing it out of a sense of obligation as opposed to really believing in it.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's like a bad relationship. Literally, it's toxic. (laughs) uh, I Like, bless the people who can balance – having like a healthy relationship with their religion Mm -hmm. because I know that must be so hard to do Mm -hmm. especially now where like everything's so heated and like you can't just like do things your own way without someone being like you're not doing it right
2: yeah that's really true a good point to a good point to make because yeah I don't want to anyone listening if they subscribe to a certain religion and feel like it fulfills them in the ways that they need and serves them the way that they need that's amazing i've just and any of the major religions haven't quite felt that from any of them so it's nice to see that there's kind of like an a religious anti-religion that wants you to serve yourself because it's like yeah fucking it's like basically the lizzo of religion like yeah
0: (laughs) celebrate yourself (laughs) damn it. you do you boo yes
1: (laughs) Exactly. As long as you're not hurting anybody else mm-hmm. who doesn't deserve it <laughs> um, yeah. or anything, you know, like, or somebody who has like harmed you or anything like that. If it were in a consenting party, like you just do you and you don't have to feel the guilt and shame that's put upon you by external forces if you are not subscribing to that, you know, it's a freedom.
2: Right. I love it. Who knew Satanism?
1: It would just be kind of cool. <laughs> I did not know. I did not know. But this guy, man, Anton Levay. I am ready to like look up uh, like documentaries on him because he he bought this house in like San Francisco. He painted it entirely black, and he that's where he founded the Church of Satan. And then apparently he did die on Halloween. I don't know oh if that's God, alleged so or not <laughs> but like jealous yeah. and <laughs> um they did tear down the house but you can go to san francisco and see where the house stood they did not only just tear down the house but they changed the address number as well was it six, it, six? no oh. it was like one four six one or something and then they changed like one number on it i don't know but um
2: maybe so people could google it for real estate records
1: so that they'll plot
2: a land would sell again
1: yeah they do call it the devil's address so
2: there's um also a satanic temple the i I don't know if it's the main satanic temple or it's uh, in salem massachusetts and it's um really lovely also painted black and they have a gift shop when I first watched this documentary I keep referencing, it came out in 2019, and I remember posting on Facebook after I watched it to be like, holy shit, like, I watched this on a whim and I had no fucking idea that, like, like, there's a bunch of, like, activism and charitable things that that particular, like, the Satanic Temple does that aligns really well with, I feel like, our collective, like, things that we believe in as like a group here on the podcast so like i posted about that on facebook and a bunch of people commented were like oh yeah no they're a great organization like one person i i know commented like yeah my husband's been a member since such and such a year and like they volunteer time and like all this crazy stuff so there are some of the some of the nice and good benefits of being part of an organized religion do also exist out of there which is really cool because like it's not to discredit everything religion does i know there's plenty of good stuff about it so it's just nice to see some of the good stuff trickle over and it's in Massachusetts
1: which is great
0: (laughs) that is so cool yeah yeah I've always
1: wanted to go there uh we should do a podcast trip (gasps) I would love that
0: yes that would be so fun we have so many bucket list items to cross off I can't wait to start doing them I know oh what a fucking two years almost (laughs) that's so gross I hate it (laughs) yeah but let's not get into that because that's so unpleasant so yep
2: we keep it light
0: (laughs) (sighs) trying to keep it light with some satanism (laughs) that's so true (laughs) that's what we do best you know not satanism just everything weird trying to keep it light different (laughs) i think we do a good job (laughs) i think so All right. I think that it just about covers everything. Thanks for coming on and talking about Satanism with me. And thanks for listening to us.
1: It was a pleasure to be here and uh, really interesting to learn about. So thanks for having me back. And yeah, I'm looking forward to coming back in the future.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to having you in the future. Okay, thanks, guys. Okay, thanks. Bye. Stay strange. Bye. Bye. Bye.